0: It's Elizabeth and Valerie back with another episode of Born in the Right Generation where we give you our modern take on classic rock. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what is arguably one of the greatest songs ever written, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Before we get into it, be sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram. So first, we're going to talk about the history of the song a little bit, just to give some context. So this song was off of their fourth album. It was untitled, but it's most commonly referred to as Led Zeppelin IV. It was written by guitarist Jimmy Page and singer Robert Plant in 1970. The album was released in late 1971. I think a lot of people will say that this song is the greatest ever written, and it's definitely up there. I think if you ever look at a list, this song is usually near the top. I believe on the Rolling Stones' top 500 songs of all time, it is number 31. And I think it's rightfully deserved, even though a lot of people tend to argue about how this song is a little bit pretentious because of the lyrics. And I feel like this song has become so popular over the years that it's so loved that it's now hated. Like a lot of Led Zeppelin fans, I know if you say your favorite song is Stairway to Heaven, that causes a lot of problems. But this is definitely their most popular and their most iconic song.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I really like exploring how this song came to be written and how it came to be so iconic. And in order to do that, we have to go back to 1970 when uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant were spending time at, and I know I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this and actually not sure how it's pronounced, (laughs) but they were at Bronier Cottage in Wales. And this place was where uh, Robert and Jimmy recorded some of their songs that ended up uh, mainly on Led Zeppelin 3, but also on some of their future albums like Led Zeppelin 4, Houses of the Holy, and all of that. And they went there to record after their spring 1970 tour, uh, which really took um, quite a mental and physical toll on them. So they wanted a peaceful place to unwind with their family and also be inspired creatively. Uh, Jimmy Page actually says um, Quote Robert and I went to Bronnier in 1970 we had been working solidly right up to that point even recordings were done on the road We had this time off and Robert suggested the cottage. I certainly hadn't been to that area of Wales So we took our guitars down there and played a few bits and pieces This wonderful countryside panoramic views and having the guitars It was just an automatic thing to be playing and we started writing so Jimmy wrote the music um, for Stairway, um, quote, over a long period. But the first part uh, was written at Braunier, um during One Night. and However, the main parts of the song uh, came from their time at uh, Healey Grange in Hampshire in 1971, where Led Zeppelin recorded most of their fourth album. Robert actually wrote most of the lyrics one evening at uh, Healy Grange and apparently he just improvised them on the spot, which I find really amazing um, and a testament to his uh, lyrical writing ability. Uh, Robert said, quote, I was sitting next to Paige in front of a fire at our studio in Healy Grange. He had written this chord sequence and was playing it for me. I was holding a pencil and paper when suddenly my hand was writing out the words. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven. I just sat there and looked at the words and almost leaped out of my seat. Looking back, I suppose I sat down at the right moment." End quote.
0: So, actually, I think the lyrics are probably one of the more polarizing parts of this song. I feel like everybody who listens to it is either like, oh, these lyrics are great. They work so well with the music. It's like a perfect marriage. I think either Anne or Nancy Wilson from Heart. I can't remember, unfortunately, which one, but they said, they referred to it as, like, a perfect marriage of music and lyric. But then, I feel like Robert Plant himself has, time and time again, he sort of looked down on his own writing and his lyrics saying that he doesn't really know what he was even, like, talking about when he wrote it. I feel like a lot of people tend to think this song is pretentious because of the lyrics, because there's no denying that the instrumentals are absolutely phenomenal. But, a lot of people will either say the lyrics are some of the best they've ever seen, or just some pretentious nonsense. So I do find that really interesting. For me personally, like I have to be upfront about this, I was not a Led Zeppelin fan until very recently, and so their lyrics, they were, they're were they not like the best lyrics that I've ever seen, but they're also, like they're really good, like obviously I couldn't do any better, so who am I really to judge? But. Uh... I do like the lyrics to this song, they're fun to sing, and I think for me that's really what matters the most, is songs that I can sing along to, but I do find it interesting that that's the most polarizing part of the song, at least among music critics.
1: I mean I definitely agree, personally I've been a Zeppelin fan for a long time, Um, much longer than you have anyways.
0: Yes, yes, Valerie is the Led Zeppelin expert among the two of us. Yeah. I would say that the lyrics are truly gorgeous to
1: me. I just adore them. I really like how fantasy-esque they are and they fit together with the song really well. It gives it kind of a sense of mysticism and you can tell it was definitely inspired by the works of Tolkien and because you know Robert Plant, if you've done some reading on him, he was a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, He incorporated bits of Tolkien's work uh, into several different Led Zeppelin songs, for example another one uh, is ramble on um, where he makes a direct reference to the books in the lyrics
0: also a uh, misty mountain hop right yes that was on the same album on led zeppelin 4
1: it was on led zeppelin 4
0: yeah i believe that was a reference to the hobbit yep which you know i i appreciate you know nerds nerds unite i am a lord of the rings fan and a hobbit fan so i can appreciate that yeah
1: Uh, I definitely agree. Um, I also think what adds to um, why the lyrics are so good is because no one really has a definite answer to what the song's lyrics means. It's really open to interpretation. Like some people say it's a fictional journey that Robert's describing, or it could be a metaphor for man's quest for salvation, or they're talking about the inevitability of death. And some people take the lyrics literally, some don't. And I really think the beauty of the song is that you can really, uh, because the lyrics aren't really straightforward, there's no definite answer to what they mean, uh, you can interpret them however you want, and you can make the song uh, have a connection to you uh, uniquely, um, which I just find is really great. But I do agree with what Elizabeth said. The lyrics can be seen as kind of... Uh, Pompous and pretentious. Um, And Robert has also, you know, grown tired of performing the songs over the years because of that. And also just because of how overplayed it is, I suppose, on radio stations. But we can get into that later.
0: Yes, I feel like nobody seems to hate Stairway to Heaven more than the members of the band. I know, I think it was uh, John Paul Jones, the bassist, and also best member of Led Zeppelin. Um, Anyway. He said that the first time they played it, the audience was just bored to tears because they were waiting to hear something that they like that they knew. And so apparently it was not, like, people were not very impressed with it when they first heard it, but I don't know. That was just that one audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, later on as uh, they continued performing it live and, you know, it grew in popularity, uh, it was actually, you know, one of their... Um, most look forward to songs I believe at their live sets. So obviously there was a great demand for it and that speaks to its uh, longevity over the years and why it's so why it's held in such a high regard. But yeah, like in Lenny Kaye's review of uh, Led Zeppelin IV for Rolling Stone magazine, he actually barely talks about the song. He just gave it a kind of a passing mention and said that quote it was some stuff that I might actually call shy and poetic if it didn't carry itself so well, end quote. So, yeah, it didn't really leave much of a lasting impression uh, when it first came out, but it has over the years, and I think that's really what's important.
0: Yeah, I think definitely one of the big reasons why it's so well known today is because of the infamous lawsuit. For some reason, I even learned about that in school, which is kind of a weird lesson to be teaching, but... Uh, we actually did talk about it. And I think that lawsuit is probably one of the reasons why a lot of younger people now, not only because it is a great song, but also because it has this lawsuit sort of attached to it. And I think that's really interesting. It's sad that sort of the legacy of Stairway to Heaven has been tainted by the lawsuit, but Led Zeppelin recently won the lawsuit. So it was proven that they didn't copy the song.
1: Yeah, and the song that was... um filing the, the band, sorry, the band that was filing the lawsuit was um, the, the band Spirit, uh, because they said that the beginning of Stairway, the guitar, the acoustic guitar part, was really similar to their 1968 instrumental Taurus, uh, which was written by Spirit guitarist Randy California. Now, Randy California died in 1977, but in May of 2014, the bassist for Spirit, uh, Mark Andes, filed uh, a copyright infringement suit against Led Zeppelin in an attempt to obtain a writing credit for uh, Randy, California. And then in 2016, uh, a judge decided that there was enough similarities between the two songs for a jury to decide the claim and a trial was scheduled. And then later on in June of that same year, the jury ruled that the similarities were not copyright infringement. But then in the next year, in 2017, uh, the verdict was appealed. you know, it's just dragged on for so many years. I really think it was kind of unnecessary. I mean, Randy California said that Led Zeppelin had opened for Spirit on their first American tour and they might've lifted it from there. Now I'm not quite sure if that's true. I think it is true, but if you listen to the two songs like side by side, the, the opening, you, there is a similarity there's a there's a similar chord progression and a descending uh, chromatic scale, uh, but these are kind of like musical elements that are just too basic to be protected by copyright. Like tons of songs have them. It's similar, but it's definitely not the same. So I really think that you know I don't believe Led Zeppelin copied "Taurus" at all. Um, if that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, I mean I've listened to both songs and I do think. They sound similar, like, enough that you'd say, hmm, this reminds me of Stairway to Heaven if you were listening to it, but I don't think, like, they're not similar enough for them to say that they copied it. And I feel like that, like, that specific lawsuit is the reason why Led Zeppelin kind of gets a bad rep when it comes to writing songs, because people will just say that they stole their songs. Unfortunately, I really can't remember who it was. It might have been Tom Petty who said that, you know, eventually we run out of chords and everything to do. And sometimes you, you take the stuff that already exists and you use it in a completely new way. And I think that's a really interesting take on it because there's not an unlimited amount of combinations for different chords. Like, thinking about all the music that's out there. But Led Zeppelin put their own spin on it. They took that, like, that opening and then they added it and made a great song. Something that was kind of, like, unlike anything that ever been done before and I really don't think it's fair to use that one bit like the opening bit against them because they made a great song out of it. So that is a little bit of history on the song Stairway to Heaven and now we are going to go talk about the album that it comes off of and then we're going to segue into talking about the song as a whole. As we all know this song came off of Led Zeppelin 4 and for me objectively I can tell this is a great album. I think a lot of critics tend to say that this is their best album because of Stairway to Heaven but also because it was the most cohesive, it was the most consistently good album that they had, like consistently great I should say, album that they had um, since starting even though I tend to prefer their later stuff. My favorite album of theirs is Houses of the Holy and then In Through the Outdoor. And my favorite song is Fool in the Rain, which came a lot later. But I do understand why this is the best album, objectively, even though I tend to prefer the other stuff.
1: Yeah, when I first listened to it, I was blown away. Like this was, when I first got into Led Zeppelin, this was my favorite album. And I think it was just because all the songs flowed so well together. I love the entire vibe of the album. It I think they went into a really bold experimental direction with some of the songs that they had. I mean, just every single song on there, there was not a wasted second. There was, they all worked so well independently and also together. I mean, you can see why this was Led Zeppelin's best-selling albums and it's one of the best-selling albums of all time as well. And again, it's one of the greatest albums ever made. It's often you know, ranked pretty highly in those kind of lists. And I would give Stairway to Heaven a lot of credit for that, but obviously we can't uh, discredit all the other songs that are on there too because honestly every other song that was on there is amazing. (laughs) I could go on forever about it.
0: No, definitely all the other songs deserve a lot of appreciation. My favorite is Going to California, which I know it's funny that I say that now because I remember a couple months ago I said I didn't like that song and a certain someone was very upset about that but I have changed my ways and I can really appreciate because it's it's a nice song Robert's vocals are fantastic the acoustic guitar is great I think it's just a really nice song it's fun to it's like it's nice to sing to it's nice to listen to when you're driving so I don't know I I think that's probably my favorite song off the album but I can't discount some of the others especially on the first side yeah I feel
1: like if you're Led Zeppelin fan, you kind of had two unwritten laws about the albums and the first is that you have to say that a track from side 2 is your favorite uh-huh. <laughs> and then the second law is that you can't say the album is your favorite album from Led Zeppelin and you know this kind of thing I've seen it around I've been pretty active on Led Zeppelin you know fan communities on Reddit, Instagram, Twitter uh-huh. <laughs> and I've seen this trend a lot especially on reddit for some reason where if you say, you know, I'm a Led Zeppelin fan, my favorite song uh, is Black Dog and my favorite album is Led Zeppelin 4, that would uh-huh. not be received <laughs> very well by members of the of by other members of the community. You'd usually be called some kind of poser and yes. people would just, you know, say that oh you you, ha- you have to listen to this 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 you're not appreciating, you know, this album or this song or whatever. And honestly, I hate that kind of mentality. Like, I felt so guilty I when too. I first got into Led Zeppelin for liking Stairway to Heaven uh, because I was like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so overrated. I can't like it, you know, but, you know, I do and I, you know, embraced that now. I've accepted that. But I I really hate that kind of mentality where you can't like the most popular song or the most popular album just because it's popular. Like, just let people like what they like.
0: Exactly. I feel like for classic rock especially, people tend to call you a poser or a fake fan if you like their most popular songs. I've actually gotten that before with the Beatles, because I would like their more popular songs. Like, those are my top songs because they have, like, you know, emotional significance to me. But... I feel like a lot of people don't see that and really I feel like music is just what you vibe with like it doesn't have to be that deep all the time I like songs that I can sing along to so even if it's the most popular song it's just a song that I like exactly I definitely I definitely agree so I don't know I feel like Stairway to Heaven is a great song and if it's your favorite song rightfully so because it's a great song and you know some people just appreciate that I don't think it's fair to judge people or say that this album can't be your favorite Like, with popular bands, you can say that your favorite Beatles album is Abbey Road and people will call you a fake fan or whatever. It's kind of ridiculous. I just don't see why people can't like what they want to like. But, I don't know. I feel like that's a big problem in the classic rock fan community as a whole. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, But, speaking of, you know, Stairway to Heaven and why it's so widely liked, um... Let's get into the song itself because that's a whole other thing to tackle. This song is really unique. It has, I've seen it divided several different ways. People either divide it into three or four distinct sections, but for the sake of this podcast, we are just going to say there are three sections. And the first section is essentially everything before Jimmy Page's guitar solo. The second section is Jimmy Page's guitar solo itself. And the third is the hard rock section, after jimmy page's guitar solo um so let's just start off with you know before the guitar solo that section that starts the song off with this acoustic guitar this acoustic instrumental you know renaissance musical style section and it transitions slowly into the usage of electronic instruments and then bonzo's drums come in uh, around the middle i just really adore that build up and that transition i read somewhere like some guy I forgot who exactly but someone someone was doing an analysis on Stairway and he said Stairway's a song it's like telling a story it's like a plot of a story you know you have that build up that climax that falling action and musically you can see it in the first section.
0: I know Jimmy Page actually has stated before that the song is sort of supposed to be like it's unfolding like sort of revealing new layers so it starts off with the um, acoustic guitar part and I feel like that is probably the most iconic guitar opening ever. If you look at pretty much any list this song is going to be at the top for that just because it's instantly recognizable. I think they actually made a joke about it in Wayne's World if you guys have seen that where he starts like he's in his he's in this guitar shop and then he picks up a guitar and he immediately starts playing the opening to Stairway to Heaven and then the shop owner comes over and stops him and he points at the sign and is like can't you read it says no stairway because the song was just that popular the riff is that iconic that that's like one of the first things that people will like like they'll tend to play when they have a guitar is that opening riff and so i just thought that was kind of funny
1: it's a pretty uh yeah that scene it's pretty well known you know in the in the classic rock fandom in the led zeppelin Mm -hmm. fandom like beneath youtube comments you'll see like no stairway or like a guitar owner's uh, like worst nightmare or something yes Uh, but (laughs) yeah it's it's super iconic uh jimmy you know played it played it uh with a finger picking style um john paul jones he um added the recorders of that in that part in that section And in the live performances, he used a Mellotron.
0: Yeah, the recorders definitely add like that little touch of magic. Like, I just, I love how John Paul Jones is able to do that a lot of the time. And I do think he is the most underrated person in all of rock, at least to me. Just because he's part of one of the biggest bands ever and he never gets any recognition, which is really upsetting because he is also, in my opinion, the best member. Um, but I've actually listened to the Stairway to Heaven isolated bass track just, you know, for fun, and it's good. Like, he was a lot more talented than people give him credit for. He wasn't just the bassist, he played so many instruments, he was, like, he arranged a lot of the music, and he kind of kept the band together after they started falling apart, so. I think he deserves a lot more credit, and especially for this song, he was able to add those magic touches that really give it that mystical, mythical feeling, so I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Jonesy is, you know, Jonesy was Charlie Watts two of the most unproblematic classic rock, you know, band members and also some of the most
0: underrated. The only ones I respect. That's it. Um, anyway, also, I think another thing we need to talk about definitely is the vocals. Robert Plant is one of the best vocalists or in all of rock. I think a lot of times people don't give him enough credit. I know he tends to get compared a lot to Freddie Mercury, which is a little bit unfair because they kind of, they had two different styles. And so I feel like specifically Robert Plant, he had an incredible range. If you just like, just listening to this song, he like, he nearly hits a falsetto at points, especially in the like hard rock ending. But the opening, it's just, the way his voice is, it's so soft, yet with like, sort of a hint of scratchiness and then like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's something sort of otherworldly, and I don't know, it just sort of transports you to some other world. You feel, like, you feel changed when you listen to his voice.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I really think the reason why this song, you know, has such an emotional connection with people is because all of these bits and pieces, you know, by these four different members, they all. Merged so well together to create this masterpiece and give it this whole like fantasy-esque kind of like mystical kind of feeling and Robert's vocals contribute so much to that. I mean if you listen to some bootleg recordings of this song and of Robert performing um, Some people you know what makes me sad is that sometimes when I listen to bootleg collections You know people would focus on Robert's voice deteriorating slowly over the years and it did you know there's a lot of factors that went into that I'm not going to lie I love Robert Plant but his voice did deteriorate over the years but I would mm-hmm. say you know 1969 to like 1972 that was his peak peak years and then from then on it gets a little bit shaky uh, but you know if you listen to some 1971 versions um, Robert's voice is still at its peak and he sings the intro with such emotion. I think one that really shows that is their September 23rd show in uh, Tokyo, I believe it was, in 1971. You can just Mm -hmm. hear Robert's, you know, emotion in his voice and he's really feeling the music. And, you know, over the years, that kind of, he didn't keep that up a lot because, like I said before, Robert grew tired of performing the song. He he hated the song towards the end of Led Zeppelin, and I really think he doesn't like it Mm. that much to this day. Um, But, you know, the early years appreciate how much Robert was into Stairway to Heaven, because you don't really get that later on.
0: No, I feel like for his voice, definitely, in like 1969, you could tell that he had, like, the raw power, but he didn't have as much control because he was, you know, not really trained. He was really young at the time. So I feel like sort of around 1970 is when he truly peaked. Like, he he still had all the power in his voice that he had when he was younger, but he also had a lot more control and better techniques. And so I feel like that period is some of my favorite vocals of his. And honestly, it's astonishing just, like... To hear how much energy, how much power, like, raw power he had in his voice. It's amazing. I know, so, and
1: the way he performs it at live performances, too, is just really great.
0: I love how he does that little, like, hand thing when he's, like, holding the microphone and he, like, oh. throws his wrist back. I love how he does that. Yeah. it's just like, It's just, like, this little thing, but it's kind of cute, I have to admit.
1: Yeah, that's, like, one of the signature Robert moves. There's yes. a lot of signature Robert things that he does when performing Stairway Live, like his little ad-libs.
0: No, I think Robert definitely is one of the greatest frontmen in rock, but I don't think we can discount the rest of the band either, especially when uh, John Bonham, or Bonzo, when he comes in on the drums, I think that really sort of solidifies the song, and then it sort of, I guess, builds up the anticipation. I know right before the guitar solo, I believe, they have sort of a time signature change, which also... of heightens the excitement that you're feeling when you know it's building up to this amazing guitar solo and John Bonham definitely he is by most people's rankings the greatest drummer of all time I think the way that he was able to sort of fit in his fantastic drumming along with Jimmy and Robert I think the way that they all three managed to be like sort of leads in the band I think that's just really cool and again, props to John Paul Jones for managing to like sort of keep the band together. I have a lot of like respect and admiration for him. But I do, I love when the drums come in. I think it really just lets you know that this song is going to be something great.
1: Yeah, it adds that kick of energy into the song. And you know, like, oh, something big is about to come. And what I find pretty funny about uh, Bonzo's entrance in the song is that apparently while they were recording the song, he actually didn't want to wait four minutes to start drumming like he had to be convinced yes. to do that he he apparently wanted to start drumming right from the beginning but Jimmy Page said no uh which I thought was a, a fun little anecdote about their time at Healy Grange
0: yes <laughs> the thing that was really special about Led Zeppelin was that they were all the best at what whatever they did if you look at them they're all considered at least in the top three of their instrument so I think that's really cool and I think that definitely sort of helped them propel this song and sort of the weight behind it but I do find it amusing how they, they did have to convince him sort of not to come in and I know Jimmy was especially was kind of worried that if they didn't like make sure that he knew what was going on he would just decide to start playing at the beginning anyway even though they didn't want that <laughs> but I think this brings us to what is probably I think it might be my favorite part of the song just because of the variety Is uh, the guitar solo. I know Jimmy tends to play it differently each time. So I don't know. I think that might be why it's my favorite part, but this is definitely sort of the big part of the song, the part that everybody talks about.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think the guitar solo is really the highlight of that song, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, pretty, you know, that's a big thing to say because this song is just so amazing, you know, all around. But definitely the guitar solo is the standout. I mean, it's literally, you know, often seen as one of the best, one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time. It builds around the tone of the song, you know, reaching this amazing crescendo and climax. And, you know, what I find really, really admirable about Jimmy Page is that when he was recording this, he literally winged the solo. Uh, He said that he had been prepared with the overall structure of the guitar part, but not the actual notes. So... When it was mm-hmm. time to record the solo, he just warmed up and recorded three different ones. And they were all quite different. Uh, but he chose, you know, obviously what he thought was the best solo, what we know as the solo to Stairway to Heaven today. Um, yes. And it, I just think, you know, the fact that he just did it without any type of preparation and the fact that it's one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time, is just really amazing to me.
0: Truly, I feel like this solo is one of the big reasons why Jimmy Page is, like, everybody says he is one of the greatest guitarists. I know Rolling Stone ranked him third behind Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton for, like, greatest guitarists, and I think part of that is because, like, technically, I think a lot of people tend to say he was sloppy, but I feel like that was sort of the point. That's why he was so great. I feel like Jimmy Page was sort of the king of badass guitar solos, Whereas Eric Clapton sort of had more soulful feeling behind his, and Jimi Hendrix could do both, so that's probably how I would rank them. I have been listening to more Jimi Hendrix lately, um, and I can agree he is probably the greatest guitarist of all time, at least for me, but I do think... I don't know. This solo is just really cool. I really like the way he does it in the 1973 Madison Square Garden performance. The one that is on the song remains the same soundtrack. I own an original copy of that on vinyl. I've listened to it and I think listening to it like that is just something special. It's really cool. It really helps with the atmosphere and sort of the feeling behind the song. I really love that version. I think it just, it's more exciting, more electric than the one that you hear in the studio. But not that that one isn't great. Uh, I know Jimmy, for this song specifically, he plays the double-necked guitar, which I also, I don't know, that, that right there is iconic, like, truly, that double-necked guitar is, that's one of the more, like, most iconic instruments, and, like, I know he did it so he could easily switch between a six-string and a 12-string guitar, which, you know, I don't know, it just, it looks really cool when he's playing, sort of something unique. It just reminds me of, like, a two-headed snake for some reason. I don't know, I just... Like imagine the power you have to have to be able to play a double neck guitar.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's it's one of the most iconic, you know, Led Zeppelin instruments and one of his most iconic guitars that he's used. Um, And I also agree with what you said about um, the song remains the same version of Stairway to Heaven and I would, you know, definitely recommend um, listeners who haven't heard that version to give it a listen. There's also video of it on YouTube That's actually my favorite version of Stairway that they performed. I like it more than the studio version, mainly because the guitar solo is like way longer. Um, Because on the studio version, it's only about a minute long, but um, on the live version, it's, you know, double that or a little bit more. It's just, and also I feel like I like what Jimmy does with it. It sounds less uh, restrained in a way. Uh, It seems like. Yes, definitely. He played the solo differently each time uh, during his live sets and I think that coupled with you know the sound quality uh, of this soundtrack because a lot mm-hmm. of other you c- you could argue that there were there are better versions you know that Jimmy Page has performed over the years uh, with his time with Led Zeppelin, but just because you know all of those versions are bootlegs and you don 't really have you know soundboard recordings to the quality that the song remains the same soundtrack was, people don 't really mm-hmm. appreciate it enough, and I will admit i haven 't heard a lot of other live versions of Stairway, you know, outside of seventy one, seventy two. um, mm-hmm. so I would say that just based on what we have, this is my favorite version of Stairway so far.
0: Yeah, definitely, I feel like that it is that way for me as well. I think one of the other reasons I just love the live versions is because Robert tends to, like, improvise a little more. He does, he, like, has all these little shout outs, like, uh, does anybody remember laughter? I love when he yes. does that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I did, I like how, I don't know, this is something that I really couldn't get behind when I first started, like, listening to Led Zeppelin a little more, was just how long their live shows went on for, and, like, how they would just do, like, they would always just improvise and sort of just go off the rails when they were playing. But I, I can appreciate that a lot more now, just because, I don't know, I guess I'm... I started getting more of a feel of what Led Zeppelin was supposed to be and, like, understanding kind of what they were as a band. And so I can definitely appreciate that a lot more now. And I do love the way Robert improvises during uh, performances. Even if usually, like, okay, a lot of the time his improvisations are just him moaning into the microphone while Jimmy (laughs) plays the guitar.
1: (laughs) Um, Or he'll say some kind of weird nonsense that no one can figure out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Robert Plant really, he tends to, he rambles a lot like, about the weirdest things. Like, it's yeah. just so weird. Like, that time where Jimmy's belt broke on stage, <laughs> and he was like, hey, everybody, look, it's Jimmy's belt broke. Like, that's one of my favorite Led Zeppelin stories. I feel like nobody ever shut him up while he was on stage. No. So, the improvisations are just really cool. I do love, I love listening to the live versions a lot. Um, I don't know, in ways that they're they're better than the studio versions. So, I don't know, I just think... I think the uh, song remains the same version is really cool and this guitar solo is one of the best like objectively you have to you have to be able to acknowledge that that is our analysis of stairway to heaven so now we're going to go into some other stories about this song some other fun facts and our own opinions.
1: And we're back. Yep. And another thing that I really want to focus on is this whole accusation of Satanism that was, you know, brought <laughs> up by these. I think it was by a televangelist actually, uh, who first brought this allegation into the mainstream in like the early '80s, where he said if you played Stairway backwards, uh, where Robert sings, uh, "If there's a bustle in your hedgerow," that kind of segment. Um, there's, you know. They're, they're having subliminal, satanic messages. Yes, I read about that. <laughs> yeah, the full quote is that if you play that song, that part backwards, it says, uh, Here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little yeah. past would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He would give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. Honestly, huh. I find that laughable. <laughs> and... I feel like any kind of, you know, backmasking allegations, you know, towards any band, you know, uh, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, what was some other (laughs) bands that, I know Ozzy Osbourne was a big one, what what was some other bands that had allegations against them of this kind of thing?
0: I can't remember right now. I don't know, everybody in Black Sabbath obviously had issues. I don't know, one of my favorite stories, though, about Ozzy Osbourne, real quick, is just that one time where, like, he was always being protested against for some reason or another, and there was this, like, the Christian group that was protesting against him, and he straight up went out and joined them. He put a sign with a smiley face on it, and then went out and joined them, and they didn't even notice. That's hilarious. So, I don't know, I find it quite funny when, (laughs) like, all these Christian groups, they're going so far to go find some sort of satanic message. Like, I feel like it would take a lot of effort to be able to play a song, like, to sort of write lyrics that would also say something backwards and have both sides make sense. I just feel like when you play a record backwards or you, like, you know, you play a song backwards and you hear stuff, a lot of it is, like, pure coincidence. I don't really think that Led Zeppelin was hiding messages to secret Satanism in their songs. I know Jimmy Page and his interest probably didn't really, like, help that out. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because I know he was interested in, like, the occult and everything, but... I don't really think that they were all Satanists. I don't even think Jimmy Page was a Satanist. He just happened to have an eclectic interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, Robert came out and said, quote, who on earth would have ever thought of doing that? You've got to have a lot of of time on your hands to even consider that people would do that, end quote. And I 100% agree with him.
0: No, yeah, he's definitely right. Um, Yeah, I find it funny that people automatically assume it's a Satanist song just because it's like rock and roll. I know... That's sort of been stereotypically the way it is. You have, like, super Christian groups versus rock and roll. It's been that way since the beginning, and I don't know how much that's going to change. So, I don't know. I guess it's something you have to accept, but it is quite funny that they, like, that they thought they were going to put in that much effort to include satanic messages played backwards in their song. (sighs) But what can you do?
1: Yeah, what can you do? Um... Another thing that you know I, I found out that was also quite funny uh, about you know Stairway is remember how I said previously that Robert hates this song, I mean he mm-hmm. didn't really perform it when he was touring uh, under Page and Plant in the nineties, even though it was pretty still pretty highly requested. And uh, another funny story that I that I read was that Robert once gave ten thousand dollars to a radio station called KBOO in Portland after the DJ solicited donations, promising that the station would never play Stairway to Heaven. And honestly, I, you know, if that doesn't tell you how much Robert hates that song, I don't know what will. He literally paid $10,000 for a radio station to never play the song.
0: Why is it that musicians always hate their songs the most? I swear, like, I don't know. Maybe that's why people always, like, feel bad for liking this song, because the, the band themselves, they hate this song. I don't know. It's a nice song. I don't see why people should hate it. I mean, I don't think... I think
1: Jimmy Page loves this song. He speaks very fondly of it. I think it's just Robert that hates it.
0: Well, it's probably because he was the one who always had to sing, like, the same lyrics. At least Jimmy could improvise a little. But I know Jimmy, all, Jimmy and Robert sort of had, like, different views on what Led Zeppelin was to them. Yeah. And I know for Jimmy, it was definitely a lot more about the music. And so... I think that might be why he likes this song more and maybe you know he was just having fun playing all, like improvising all the guitar solos and good on him you know yeah I if mean you're that talented you should be able to do that
1: yeah I mean he, Jimmy improvised a lot you know dazed yes. and confused I think the longest version was like 50 minutes or something and it was something like like that yeah that was I think that's the longest version it's kind of insane yeah <laughs> they
0: did a lot of improvisation I feel like I actually haven't listened to that version because I barely have the attention span to sit through like Blood Zeppelin and their 8 to 10 minute songs as is. Of course, I'm a hypocrite because I'm, will- I'm like a person who's willing to sit through a 15 minute Bob Dylan song, but anyway. Uh, but I think one of the other cool things about the song is that even though it is usually like on average it's 8 to 10 minutes, it goes on for longer sometimes, like it just flies by. Like it doesn't feel like it's an 8 minute song. So, like, it it flies by, and I think that might be the mark of a truly great song. Like, there's not a single wasted second. No bit of this song is really unnecessary. And so, I think that's probably why it's so great, because they managed to take three sort of different pieces and then weave it together so seamlessly that it was one cohesive song. And also, you know, of course, the instrumentals are fantastic. You have... You know some of jimmy's best guitar work a lot of great drumming from bonzo and of course you know jonesy keeping the entire band together as usual and you know some of robert he's really like showing off his vocals he's really highlighting just how much he can do and i just i think that's really cool So thank you as always for listening and thank you for supporting us. Uh, We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the music again and be sure to tune in next week for another episode.